Well, hello everyone. Tim Kiefer, MyBTOnline.com. Wanted to thank you for joining us on our Wednesday night, second preseason meeting of the season. Uh, looking forward to a great meeting tonight. It should be a lot of fun. Believe it or not, football starts for real here in the Nevada area this Friday. I know we'll get to talking to Robert here in a minute about other parts of the country where they may be do, getting ready to do scrimmages. Uh, I did a scrimmage last week. And so, yep, it's going to start for real. So it's going to be a, a lot of fun. That's what we're here to do. You know, we're here to officiate football. That's our whole point of going through all these meetings and trying to get better with the rules. So once again, thank you for making the adjustment on the time. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But before I do that, I'm going to uh, bring in Mr. Robert Yabara. Robert is with us. Robert, here, here's the thing, Robert. Okay, so it's it's game. You know, like you say, it's game week, game time. I mean, it's time to ramp it up. All the prep. Now we got to put it to work, right? One hundred percent. In fact, officials, those that are listening and the members joining us tonight, it's go time. And with that being said, treat this scrimmage weekend for those in Illinois or whatever state you're in. And if you're going live, well, it truly is go time. But treat it like it is live and and go through it like, uh, you know, it, it is Friday night lights. And you'll be surprised how you're going to take away a lot of things from uh, your, your time on the field. I'm excited about it, Tim. I know you're excited about it. It's one of those times of the year where we made it, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, All the preparation. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in a slingshot getting ready to launch into the air. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, my, my heart is just thumping. Yep. All the preparations finally, you know, coming, coming together. You know, the other thing about scrimmages, which is really good, you actually kind of want to do it before the scrimmage. Check your uniforms. Make sure you got everything, you know, that, you know, whether you've gained weight or lost weight, hopefully you lost the weight, but check your uniforms because you don't want to get out, put it in, and find out that things don't fit, especially on game day, you know, the first game. And, and now you're, you're, you need a new hat or if you're the referee, your white hat got a stain or the moths ate it over the off season. So it's a good time to check your equipment when when you are, are going to go out and do that and robert what do we got yeah I, I just have another story i bought another brand new pair of shoes and uh, my wife's questions me you know we have you have nine pairs of shoes lined up already robert why do you exactly. need another pair of shoes and I said, hey this is season 2022 so any members out there that are like me and you have understanding spouses or significant others amen man yeah, you got you got exactly. to feel good because you're going to be good when you feel good. Well, and the other thing is, is we do have MIBT online apparel, but we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a minute, so you can look good going to your game. So let's get into our meeting tonight. Uh, Mike Billica might might be here. We'll uh, see if he pops in here a little bit later. So uh, tonight, what we're going to talk about is uh, lots of fun stuff. So we'll go over our agenda. We have our announcements. Uh, we're going to talk force tonight, and the reason we're going to talk force is I've gotten a lot of questions lately over force and in the past I've done a big touchdown touchback safety presentation we're not going to go completely into that but I am going to talk a little bit about force because I think it's important to remind ourselves on how the ball gets in the end zone so we'll do that we're going to talk about some tough plays uh, for those of you who joined us on the clinic that we did I did a tough play section and now I'm going to do some more of those. I didn't get to all of them, and so I had them ready to go. I think there, there are going to be some good discussion points on that. We're going to go over our play of the week that we put out for last week and then present our new play of the week. So announcements real quick. New Wednesday meeting, Tim. Well, it's actually, it should be time, but I'm Tim. Um, it's 7.30 p.m. Central, and I appreciate everybody making the adjustment just for the 30 minutes. I've had some conflict come up where it just might be a little tight to get right going at 7 p.m. Central. So we're going to make it 7.30, most likely for the rest of the, uh, the preseason. So I appreciate you making the adjustment there. We have our on-demand football clinic course. We also have our free introduction to football officiating course. It's free until September 1st. Make sure you tell any new official, or even if you're a veteran official, you can uh, get brushed up on the rules, get ready to go. Free for subscribers, 
you, you've got it and it's free you'll you'll get all that stuff all the time so it's not that's not a big deal either um bill Amani's best practices that's on the bill Amani page so if you go to the store and click bill Amani and you're logged in the videos are there don't do the course the course is for the public to uh to get and then remember it's a call on the field stance because we're our own replay officials and mibt gear i just mentioned this so i'm i'm wearing some you see Robert, there's a shot, whoops, wrong one. There's a shot of Robert. Robert's wearing some. So you want to get that gear. It's only going to, the store for the gear is only going to be open for, I think, another day or two. So you need to get there. Just go to MIBTOnline.com. You're already there. Go to the, uh, the store and you'll see MIBT gear. You want to go get that because, like I said, it's not going to be available for too much longer. Uh, send us your video. We did have some videos sent in. For, uh, to us, thanks to uh, Jim Cabin here locally in the Nevada area. We're going to get to one of those videos here later. Well, I mentioned this last week, but don't forget social media. There they all are. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure you follow us. We are on TikTok now. Yes, we are. So make sure you follow us. All right, force. But before we get to, to force, I'm going to put up the text number so that way you can text us. And Robert is looking at the, che or looking at the text tonight. And so we're going to go to Robert because Robert's got something. Robert, what do you got? You know, my our members in Alaska are going into week two, Tim. So I want to do a shout out to those guys out there. Great job. They said it's been go time for the last two weeks. So, man, I'm envious. But uh, great, great that you're joining us tonight. And thank you for sharing that. Well, they have to start early because if they start at the same time as the rest of us, their fields would be under snow. You know, they they couldn't they couldn't find them. They would need like to get out the the the, you know, the big snow plows or something like that. No, I'm I, I know those guys have been going. So good for them. So uh, I'm glad that uh, they they've already had a couple weeks under their belt. So like I said, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk force today. Um, I wanted to kind of get into that a little bit. And I'm actually going to go wide on this so everybody can, can read what we're doing here. So here is our force presentation. So what is the definition of force? The uh, force is the result of energy exerted by a player which provides movement to the ball. All right, so what does that mean? It's pretty self-explanatory. It causes the ball to go and do something. All right, very simple. So just kind of keep that. It's going to build, so let's just keep remembering each building block here it is in it is only in connection with the goal line and only in one direction not the group one direction it is actually one direction of which way the ball is going and that is important when you'll see in our in our illustrations later why one direction you have to remember the direction that it's going and the force that's why it's important so the uh, other thing about it is that initial force results from a carry, fumble, kick, pass, or snap. This is another one. Initial force, because forces can kind of change around depending on what's going on. So the initial force is a carry, a fumble, a kick, pass, or snap. Remember that moving, moving forward when we start talking about some of our examples. Continuing on about force. Force after a fumble, kick or backward pass has been grounded. You notice that that is capitalized. Grounded is capitalized for a reason because a new force may result from a bat illegal kicker muff on a grounded one of those. So it has to be grounded. Remember that. It might be uh, talked about later at some point. So grounded. That's, that's an important part of the force rule and definition. And the responsibility for forcing a ball into the end zone starts with the player who carries, snaps, passes, fumbles, kicks, or kicks the ball. It starts with them. And remember, it's only in relation to the goal line. So these are things that are important when we move forward in our examples. And the other thing is, I'm going to take down the, uh, the final thing. I'll take down the text line just for a second. No force into ours end zone during a kick. So what does that mean? That means because the ball is close to the end zone, force could plot. But if it's a kick, and it go, it's all, it's still a kick now. A kick's a kick, a kick, and it goes into the ours end zone. It doesn't matter how the ball got there. There's 
there's certain rules. We're going to get to that in a minute. So just this is important. So we'll move on now to our next thing. So four. So let's go to our board. So the nice thing is, is I've got this this board that I showed a couple weeks ago, which we can illustrate a lot of this. And so we're going to start out with our board, and here it is. We're going to talk about A going into B's end zone. But before I do that, I want to go to Robert and make sure we haven't had any questions or anything come up. Robert, are we good? As of right now, there are no questions, and everyone appears to be listening to everything you say. So you're reciting off important elements of force, and everyone's on the same page at this moment. All right, perfect. Good to hear. All right, so let's go back to our board here. So now you can see uh, the, how this is drawn. A is going into B's end zone. So it's always important that we know who's going where because in the end, this is going to determine how we rule, whether it's a touchdown, touchback safety, could be other things. So this one, the ball is going into B, by team A into team B's end zone. So here's a... So going back to what can happen. So we could have this pass. So a pass, that's initial force by team A, and that could put the ball in the end zone. We could have a kick. Now I know high school, A becomes K, that's fine, but we can have a kick that can put the ball into A's, or into B's end zone. So that's another way. Or team A can run the ball. They can run it in. So those are all initial forces that bring the ball in and, and okay yeah Tim that that makes sense that's easy but that's how we start and the reason is because it's important to, to set that baseline as to exactly how a ball gets there and what direction we're going and know the basics before we move to the little bit more advanced stuff so now let's move on to some other things that can happen so if you've got team A and now team A fumbles the ball and the ball ends up there well it's on, it's now on the ground i'm going to show the ball like that that means it's on the ground so the other ones were pat like the other ones were airborne the pass the kick or the third one wasn't airborne but it was in possession so this one's different so this one can have a new force applied the other two couldn't because they were airborne they were not grounded in our first example, the three that I showed. This is now grounded, so now we can have a new force applied. But right now, this is pretty simple. The force is still the initial force by the Team A player who grounded the ball, and now the ball is in the end zone. So a lot of things can happen when the ball is in the end zone. Team B can recover, Team A can recover, it can go out the back, it can go out the side. But we always start with the question, how did the ball get in the end zone when we have a play like this? If we start there, most of the time we are going to find ourselves answering the question correct, whatever the question may be. Because whether it's touchdown, touchback, safety, whatever it might be, we're asking ourselves how the ball got in the end zone. So in this one, who put the ball in the end zone? Team A. Team A is responsible for putting the ball in the end zone. So if the ball now becomes dead in the end zone. How does it become dead? You know, we, we've talked a lot about this. I had a penalty enforcement play a few weeks ago, but that kind of got into the penalty enforcement. I'm going to try to stay away from penalty enforcement. I want to just kind of keep it more to what these definitions are and how we rule on certain things and determine how the, you know, what to do from how the ball got there. All right, so now if the ball goes out the back, if it goes out the side, or Team B recovers the ball, that's not a good B, but there you go, Team B recovers the ball. If any of those things happen, and now the ball stays in the end zone, it never leaves, Team B is down there. So now Team B is in possession of a ball in their own end zone, and they were not responsible for putting the ball there. Pretty simple. It's a touchback, right? Because if team B isn't responsible and now they've possessed the ball and it's dead, it can't be a safety. They're not the ones who put the ball there. They did not force the ball into the end zone. So that's easy enough. Now, if team, thing I think a lot of times that we forget, 
it's one of those that we can, it, this is more like when we're taking a test or something. If that same thing happened, and now in high school, remember, if team A now possesses the ball, it's really simple. This is a touchdown. Even though they force the ball in there, team A is in possession of a ball that is now dead in their opponent's end zone. That's a touchdown. So, yeah, everyone's like, Tim, this is really easy stuff. Yeah, it's easy, but sometimes we can, if we don't break it down to the mechanics of it, that's when we find ourselves getting kind of off kilter. Because now, here's our next scenario. Now, we know the easy basics. But now if the ball is going like this, and then, you know, is, is somehow going like, ends up like doing a weird you know, whoop-de-doo, not being touched or anything like that. It just had a weird spin, and now it starts coming this direction. So it's team A fumbled the ball initially, and now it's going this way or going clearly sideways. Now we've got the potential for something not good to happen here because the ball, remember one direction? Well, what direction is the ball going? So let's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually going to erase this here so I can get a little bit closer to the goal line. So if we've got the ball going like this and it takes a weird, crazy bounce, ends up going like this, and now it's going like this, right there. So the direction of the ball is this way. It's away from the goal line. Team A is still initially responsible for putting the ball on the ground. But now if somehow Team B takes this grounded ball and forces it this direction because the ball was going away because the ball was going away now and now it's been reversed it's going a different direction by team b because the ball was grounded now we could have a, it's a different result because team a it would no longer be the one responsible since the ball was going away now this is rarely going to happen okay this is just to show that, you know, this is to show how we have to determine the direction of the ball. This is rarely going to happen. Most of the time, it's going to be in those first two examples. But if for some reason the ball is going the other direction, you're going to see this more on the other way, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But if Team B somehow puts that ball that direction, who's now responsible for putting the ball in the end zone? Well, Team B is because the ball was going away from their end zone. Just something, that's why we have to ask ourselves these questions and we have to be able to officiate that and be able to rule on it and know what direction the ball is going. Now, I'm telling you right now, if there is any, any, any doubt, any doubt that ball was going that direction, do not guess on this. We're not going to have the best eyes. If Team A fumbled the ball and it's headed towards the goal line, it's headed this way and it starts doing something funky and it's like this and it's something really kind of goofy, you know what? It's got to clearly, in my mind, be going the other direction. I mean, it's either got to so be parallel or clearly going that direction. Because in the end, this is going to be a difficult one, to, to, for a, a difficult pill to spot, swallow for Team B because they didn't put the ball on the ground. But now they're getting charged, they're getting charged with this safety because if Team B now takes that, ball that goes like this, which like I said, is, is probably not going to happen. If it did, please, please send it to me here. I'll go back to that, that wide shot. Um, now, now it goes this way and team B forced it in team B forced the ball became dead in their own end zone. And that's a safety. So like I said, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. So try it. I mean, if you can't, you can't, it, it, but like I said, you're really going to see that. But now by walking ourselves through that, we will know how to rule on this because you got another one where if team A, if team A fumbles the ball, here we'll go like, now the ball is not in the air, or I'm sorry, not on the ground. Team A fumbles the ball and that ball stays in the air and somehow team B does something to it in the air. Now that, it, that's not a new force. If somehow team B does something with the ball in the air, that will not be a new force because it, the ball was there in the air and not grounded. So remember the, that. Like I said, this is going to come into play on our, on our next example. But these are just things to, to keep in mind in that regard. Ask yourself how the ball got into the end zone. So I'm not, hopefully 
hopefully we haven't confused anybody here on that because what we're trying to do is, and I, I know you might not even have seen it, you might just saw my face, but that's okay. We're, we're not trying to confuse people because I'm going to flip this field around and then some of this is going to make a little bit more sense because you're going to see this more on the other end. And Robert, I'm going to go to you if there's any questions, but I want to make sure where people aren't, because we're going to do the other end. You know what? I'm going to do the other end first, and then yeah. we'll, we'll go to questions, because, because I, I think well, a lot I, of this I do may... have a question, though, Tim. I think we have an appropriate question before yeah. we move on to the next phase. Yeah. Okay, because cause you did illustrate it. You, you have a fumble by A going towards B's end zone, and it's grounded. And a, a B player, linebacker, comes up to try to scoop up the ball but does not possess it. So that's considered a muff. And now the trajectory of that ball changes and does go towards A's goal line. That, right, is, me, a new, that is a new force because it is moving in the opposite direction. Okay, let but me that, pull. That's the question, that's the question by, the, the, by the viewer. All right, let me pull up the, the, just so I get it right. So yeah, if team A, and the thing is, is that, let me uh, do the draw here. So yep. that's why I wanted to kind of go to the other one first but like because you're going to see it more down there and that we're going to get right. to it, but we'll go through all right. all right so team a does this fumbles the ball it's on the ground and now yep. team b forces the ball away yes that's yeah, by, a, by a means of muff that's by a, a means that's a by, by, a, by, a, by a muff or or whatever mm -hmm. um nothing illegal we'll say that and yep. team b causes the ball to go the different direction absolutely that team b does but now if we think about it the ball is now going this direction okay so now it, it's the same philosophy, the same philosophy applies because if the ball's still on the ground, all right, now does team A, what do they do? If they muff it again, they're the ones that, on the ground and forced it to go this way, now they'll be the ones responsible. If team B somehow, somehow gets that ball to, to do one of these and ends up back here, which is crazy, but I guess it could happen it could happen down here. It could happen here where they try to muff the ball. The ball does a crazy spin and then goes like that. Please, if that happens, send me the film. But, um, I mean, now you, you're going to say, well, now Team B could be responsible for putting the ball back in the end zone because they're the ones who forced it away from it, and now it's going back. You're not going to see that, okay? It's just not, not going to happen. But, but, yes, that's, a, that's an appropriate question based off of, of what we got. But it's gonna make a little bit more sense when we turn the field around. So let me, let me turn okay. the field around here and let me get right back to you. So now, we're gonna see more of this craziness is when team A is going out. All right, come on. You're going to see this then. Let me get this here. All right, so now we've got the new, we've got the new field up. Now team A is going out. So we'll go wide on it. So when team A goes out, same thing happens with, with if it's an airborne thing, if it's a you know, if it's a if it's a kick, you know, if it's a run in possession, they're the ones. That they're, team A is responsible because it's airborne. Okay, so so if what end up would happen is if you've got a pass, well that's not a good example. A kick is a better example. So you, we'll go K. So K's got the ball. They kick it, but then it's it's blocked, blocked here, and now it goes this direction. Well, that wasn't grounded, so because it's not grounded, then K is still responsible, or Team A is still responsible because it's not grounded. Pass, you know, it doesn't really matter because the pass is going to go go out. But once again, it's not grounded, and same thing with same thing with a run. Now let's put the ball on the ground because then things can get a little bit, a little bit more interesting. Um, well, no, let me do one more kick because this is one that's in the case book, which I always liked. Guy kicks the ball. I think it was a rules test question, most or rules question on the test. That's when you see ball is kicked in the air. Team B muffs the ball, and now the ball goes this way. Everyone's like, "Oh, okay." Team B, they forced it. No, Team B didn't force it because the ball's in the air. They muffed it. It goes that way. Short kick or short uh, uh, scrimmage kick. Yes, this is possible. It's rare, but I have actually seen it happen. So that's one that you can have. You need to know if the ball was on the ground or not. If the ball wasn't on the ground, it was still airborne. Then K is still responsible for the force because they're the ones who kicked 
the ball. So now let's put the ball on the ground. Team A going out, and now they put the ball on the ground. Now most of the time, Team A's fumbles are going to go like that. I mean, it just makes sense because they're running away from that goal. And now, kind of going reverse to what the question was asked, now we turn, we turn it around. Let me go to this one. You don't need to see my ugly mug. Turn it around, and now Team B takes this ball and goes like that to it and forces it out. Yes, Team B has created a new force because that ball was clearly going away from the end zone, and it's grounded. It's clearly going away from Team A's end zone. So if Team B is responsible for putting the ball into their opponent's end zone and the ball becomes dead there, this becomes a touchback for Team A. Pretty simple as well, but we have to always ask ourselves, how did the ball get in the end zone? Now, how does this become a safety? Well, same thing. If Team A ends up, you know, Team A has the ball here, backwards pass. Backwards pass here. Now the ball gets grounded. All right? Backwards pass, and now it's grounded. Who put the ball in the end zone? Well, the ball is going this direction. So Team A put the ball in the end zone. So if, the, if it ends up being dead there, it now belongs or it now is, it becomes a safety as long as Team B isn't in possession of it because if Team B becomes in possession of it, then it becomes a touchdown. So a lot of different things that can happen here. Um, one other thing, kind of going back to what we were talking about on the, uh, on the kick before. Same thing. Team A is running an option. They're running an option this way. Team A player, quarterback, goes to pitch the ball to the, uh, to the pitch man, but the Team B player here, tries to intercept it, and muffs it out the back of the end zone. Once again, was the ball on the ground? That's what we have to ask ourselves. If the ball wasn't on the ground, even though it was a pitch, it pitched backward, and the team, and what do I want to say, and team B is the one that muffed it, it's still team A's force because the ball never grounded. And I guess a better example would be, go back to this, because you might see this too, because you can't have a forward pass on an option play where quarterback rolls out here and you know the here's the quarterback and here's the pitch man we're behind the line of scrimmage and so he pitches the ball forward because he's, he thinks he's going to get hit but then the linebacker comes muffs the ball here and causes it to go out even though the ball was going away it never ground it was never grounded same thing it was never grounded so in this case that would be forced into the end zone by a so like I said, this gets a little complicated. Everyone's like, holy crap, I don't know. I don't know, up from down now. Not really, because airborne, if you, oops, sorry, I was just yelled, sorry. If you hear, if you have airborne, 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 not grounded, not grounded, airborne, 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 you can't have a new force. You just know that. So if you walk yourself through a play like that, this is a perfect example. We'll go through that one one more time, and then I'll go to Robert for questions. If you walk through a play where you've got this quarterback who rolls this way and he's about to pitch the ball and his pitch man is right here and, and here's the line of scrimmage. So he's behind the line of scrimmage and now he pitches the ball in the air but the ball is attempted to be intercepted or muffed by a team B player and it goes out the back. So this is one of those where if we don't have, if we don't know exactly, we can take our time. Ball goes out the back of the end zone. You just give it a clock kill. You get together. If you're if you're the referee, you're unsure exactly what happened. Then this is one that you want to talk about. So that way we can kind of say, all right, we ask ourselves those questions. How did the ball get in the end zone? Well, it was a pitch. It was a forward pitch, but the ball never hit the ground. Here's the other thing, okay? And you know what? I apologize because I just messed that all up, guys. Yeah. I just messed that all up. Now that I'm thinking about that, that's a forward pitch that becomes incomplete. So I just messed that all up. So the ball has to be grounded on, on that great, one. So I, great catch, Tim. I great apologize. Catch. I didn't interject See, earlier. Good but job. Here, here's the thing is that that's what I'm talking about by walking it through. Because if we walk it through, sometimes we can catch our mistakes. I'm like, no, that's a, that is a, uh, no, because that's a forward pass, actually, even though it's behind the line of scrimmage. And if the ball ends up on the ground, it ends up being an incomplete pass. So you shouldn't have any force on that one. But the point being is that I guess it's more, it's, the better one is the backward pass. So if the ball was, was, was muffed on the backward pass, still same thing. The ball's airborne. We ask ourselves how the ball, well, Team B forced it in. No, they didn't. The ball was airborne. And so now, uh, in the end, we're going to have this as a safety 
because team A is the one that put the ball in the end zone by the pass being airborne. So now that I've thoroughly confused you even more, um, I'm going to go to Robert and say, uh, and, and say, Robert, do we have any, uh, do we have any questions out there? Uh, we do, uh, but thank you for kick saving that, that uh, incomplete forward pass. So great job. We do have a question. I'm going to read it verbatim. So, uh, you know, we're, we can answer this directly. Here we go from a member. Are muffs, so are, this is a receiving team player, muffs an airborne kick past the expanded neutral zone and uh, such where the, the ball rolls out of the end zone. Okay, right. so are muffs an airborne kick past the expanded neutral zone and it rolls out of K's end zone, runs out. Okay, okay. so... It's, we'll, we'll take them one at a time. We got three questions. All right. So K. Here's K. Here's R. All right. So we'll go wide so everyone can see it and answer the question. So K kicks the ball. Okay. They kick the ball. Now, if it's airborne and that R player muffs it, well, we already talked about that. It's still a safety. Now, that let's say that ball is now grounded. So he's going to kick it this way. Now it's grounded, 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 grounded. And now the receiver who takes this grounded ball and muffs it, and now it goes out that way, well, that's going to be a, th that one, because if you think about it, that one would be a touchback because for Team K, because who caused the ball to go back into Team K's end zone? Team R did by the ball being grounded. Remember, we said if it was the receiver's end zone, force isn't a factor. So you take this same thing, you could have, I'm going to erase this and we'll start over just so everybody understands. You could have the K here, K's here, here's the line of scrimmage, and now R's back here. So if R, this ball becomes grounded right here, and now R muffs it this way, and the ball's still grounded, and K muffs it this way, and R muffs it this way, and K muffs it this way, and then you never change possession. R must have this is still always on the ground. And now the ball goes and crosses this plane. A kicks, a kicks, a kicks, a kicks, a kick. It becomes a touchback for Team R, regardless of how many times this ball changed directions or did whatever. As long as it still has the status of a kick, it is still a kick. And it becomes a touchback for Team R. But going back to the initial question, like I said, if R has it and muffs an airborne kick that way, safety. If R has it and, muff, or in, and muffs a grounded a grounded kick, and it ends up dead out there. Touchback for Team K. I think that clears it up. Would you agree, Robert? Yeah, it does. But let's let's just stay with the questions because I see some viewers getting confused now when you get the lines going all directions and such. So we're we're gonna just break it down very simply, Tim. One case study at a time, okay? So that so the next one is this: we got K kicking from their end zone, and we, it's a scrimmage kick. K kicks it, and it's airborne. R muffs it. And it goes back in the end zone where the K player recovers and lands on it in the end zone. In that particular case play, what do we have, Tim? All right, I think it's very similar to the other. Yeah, one. very similar, very similar. So, but this time it doesn't go out of the end zone; it stays in the end zone. So if I got it right, they kick the ball. Team yep. R then muffs the ball. But is the ball was it? Did they say grounded or airborne? It's still airborne at this time. We're going to have a grounded next. It's airborne oh. at this time. All right, it's airborne at this time, and it goes here, and then K recovers. Well, yep. then that, that's a safety because it was still an airborne kick, and the kick is the result of the force, not the muff by R because the ball was airborne. Okay, so Correct. There's, there's the difference there. So, all right, what's the next one? The last one is this. K is a scrimmage kick, kicks from their own end zone, kicks it, and is muffed by R, grounded after the muff, rolls into the end zone, recovered by K in the end zone. All right, so if I understand this one right, K kicks the ball, R muffs the ball while it's airborne, but then yes. as they muff the ball, it hits the ground and goes like here, and K recovers it. Is that correct? Is that how we understand that's, it? That's 100% correct. Robert, what do you think it is? Well, since 
our since our a kick a kick's a kick's a kick okay so what caused the 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 kick is still a kick and, and then he muffs it can he muff an airborne kick to change direction i thought you said earlier you couldn't right so help me with this tim correct no you're right the force, keep the force is not there yet the force is not there yet correct it doesn't so matter says, even though it is grounded but it's grounded after the muff yet it's grounded after the airborne portion yeah. of it and right. why or what caught you know what forced the ball to go back to the end zone was the muff of an airborne kick so you can't yeah. put a new force on an airborne kick and that's a good question and like i said yeah. i i it, things kind of I, I like playing my games with my little like markers and stuff so i appreciate you slowing it down because you can get I watched this one guy, his name was Gordon Graham, and he would do these crazy things on his, on his drawings after his pages would look crazy. But that is the, when the ball is muffed and it was airborne, airborne, then, like, like we go back to our definitions, we can't have that new force to that airborne kick, pass, um, or fumble. You could have a fumble as well. Same thing, like... I'm gonna, I'll show you this will go wide. If team A has the ball and they fumble the ball in the air, fumble the ball in the air, and team B then muffs that ball in the air, touches the ground, and somehow ends up in here, and team A is in possession, or it goes out the back or the side, the fumble by team A is still was what caused the ball to go in the end zone because it was not grounded it was airborne switch it around team a now fumbles and now it's on the ground now the same thing happens well now it's a safety because um i'm sorry now it's a it's a it's a touchback i apologize it's a touchback because team a grounded it and it was clearly going this way and now team b forces the ball back into the end zone of a grounded rounded fumble so i see robert is typing away i'm not going to go to him until uh no no come week. come to me this is right. this is great oh my god i got a great one okay thank you so much viewers man th this uh, you know what i visualized this play and it could happen you know so okay we have a try attempt all, all right. right so even though it's a try it's it's still a play so let's let's talk through this case study that this viewer shared with us which is all excellent. right i got i gotta pull up the other the other board give me one second all right yeah. so i could draw on it yeah draw it draw it so we have a scrimmage right. kick play where it's a try and and, and, and ace try ace ace in a scrimmage kick formation so they're going to go for one on the try but we're going to have a case play here this is great. all right so i've got I've got Team K. All right, go ahead, walk it through. All right, so I don't know if you're at your board yet. Yep, uh, I am. See. Okay, so are we visually at the board? I see yep. myself on the screen. I, I don't see. I don't see the. No, board. I, you I gotta walk. Myself. You gotta walk it through, okay. and then I'm gonna draw it. All right, so here, here's the, here's the explanation. We're gonna have a a fumbled snap. So we got a backward pass to the holder on the try, and uh, the holder fumbles the backward pass snap. Okay. Okay. All right. So the holder fumbles it. The defensive player B comes in to try to secure possession, but in his attempt muffs the ball back towards his own goal line. Okay. Towards B's goal line, not that way towards B's goal line. Okay. So the defensive team muffs the, the, the loose ball in such a manner that he's muffing it back towards B's goal line. All right, hang on. So he muffs it, and now the the ball has gone is this direction, right? Yeah, and put it all the way in the end zone. So now here, now here's the two case plays. One case play where uh, B recovers and is tackled there, and the next, second case play is where A recovers and is tackled there in the end zone. Both balls end in the end zone. Okay. What do so we have? I I have I have some some pertinent questions because yeah. it, it isn't it, it's pertinent. So on the first on the, on the question is the muff is the muff 
uh, of the backward pass, did it ever hit the ground from the holder's muff? Did the ball ever yes. hit the ground? Yes, right. it, it, it had it had to have. So yes, all right. In real so then, in real time, the ball by the holder hits the ground, muffed by the holder. B comes in a in a failed attempt to secure the ball, muffs it back towards his own goal line. So when the holder here, when the holder here has the ball, and he muffs it, okay. Yeah. Which direction is the ball going when he muffs towards it? Towards A's goal line. Towards A's goal so line. So he muffs the grounded ball, and the ball is now going this direction, Originally. on the ground. Correct. Yes. And yes. And now, Team B or R, forces the ball that way. Correct. By by via of muff. Yes. By a muff. Okay. Yes. All right, so we have to we ask ourselves, we walk through this. Who put the ball in the end zone? The ball has been grounded. The ball was going away from Team's B end zone. Team B changed the direction of a grounded backward pass to force the ball into their own end zone. I kind of talked about this in the first one because it's yeah. weird. You're just not going to probably see it. They forced the ball into their own end zone and the ball became dead. So Robert, just kind of asking, you know, that simple question of if team B forces the ball into their own end zone and the ball becomes dead there, either in their possession or out the back or the side, what is the, what is the result? If B put the ball in their own end zone, that's considered a safety if Correct. the ball ends, ends there. That is that's safety. safety. So on a one point try is awarded two points as a safety to to A. It's one. This is that one point. This is that one, one point, point safety. <laughs> okay. okay, that's a one point safety. Okay, that was case play one. Please, I don't um, think that would ever happen, but if it does, please please share it. With, please send me the video. All right. So what's the next one? The next one is A lands on it. A lands on the ball in the end zone. Is that All a right. two point conversion? So holder. Oh, we got Mike Billica waving up there to top too. All so. right, I, I see. I see Mike. All right, let me hang on. I'll get to Mike here. I'll, I'll pull Mike up here in a second. But all right, so let's walk through it. We got the holder. Now yep. the holder takes this backward pass, the backward pass, and muffs it. It's on the ground going this direction. So it's going away yep. from Team B's end zone. Team B somehow changes the direction of the ball and yes. forces it into their own end zone. And yes. now team A is the one to recover the loose ball in team B's end zone. So exactly. once again, I go back to team A is in yes. possession of the ball, which has now become dead in their yeah. opponent's end zone. What do you got? I got a, a two-point conversion. Two-point conversion. And there's yeah. Mike. Mike, he was going up. Give it again, Mike. He was saying touchdown, but two points. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So that's that's where we're at on that. So any other case questions that we can watch? This is fun. I, I can draw all day. Let's. Uh, we could keep. We could keep going. No, I think I. Until the guys catch up, because that was a lot of lot of meat on the bone on those couple three plays there. So thank you. But if if I do see another play situation, I'll let you know, Tim. Well, we're going to come back to the board and we're going to have some more fun with it later. But let's bring in Mike Billica. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Doing fine. My son just flew back from Chicago and it was a bit of a delay, so I just got home about ten minutes ago. Took me a minute to get set up. So yeah, good to be here. Delay in Chicago. That that never. It's because I'm not I'm not working there anymore. Don't. You know, <laughs> anyways, all right, Mike. Well, appreciate you being here. So let's uh, let's pull up our plays of the of what our our what do you want to say our fun plays. So here we go. Um, all right, let me get this one ready. Like I said, this one was sent in, so this one should be a good one. All right, let's go wide on our play. These are our tough plays, as I was I was talking about. So, whoops, no, you don't want to see that. You want to see this. Here's our tough plays. So, it's a kickoff. Now, this is a crew, I believe it's a crew of, of, of seven. No, I'm sorry, it's a crew of five. So, this is, this is a mechanic that, they, that this particular state uses where they, they've got the back judge here. And this is important to kind of go through in regards to our, our kickoff stuff. So, we have a, an official here. We have an official here. So that you know what they're looking at on, on the lines. 
So here we go, we got this kickoff play. And now you can see we've got an official here and there's gonna, the referee is over here. So just to kind of give you perspective of where all our officials are. So here we go, we've got the play. Now, the bad thing is, is that sometimes we're gonna be in, in, in a looking at things a little bit differently. If we're using a crew of five, we're going to be using, we're going to be looking thing, looking at things a little bit differently on a play like this, because we're not used to if we're the line judge or the head linesman, we're not used to looking at it as like a deep. So you just have to be aware of that if you do mechanics like this. But even the normal federation mechanics have some variation of this. So the play continues, and you can see the guys running, turning the corner, everything looks good. Now let's focus in on this player right there. You're going to see this player come in at the end. And here he comes. Boom. I'll play it again. You can see him. Here he comes. Runners being held up. And there you go. Now, here comes this official. I guess it wasn't the referee. I'm, I'm unsure where the referee was on this play, but there is another official uh, coming from unless that was the official that it might have been the official that was yeah I guess it was the official that was originally at the line and they must have drifted down because I think that no there is another official coming there is another official here so they definitely did have more than five on this game but there it's just something that to look at because I'm trying to find our referee our referee must be back in the end zone but here you go. So who's the question is, is who's going to see this? That's where I always like to break down. Who's going to see this play? Is it going to be an official here, whether it's the referee or, or a line judge, or is it going to be the official over here? Who is going to catch this at the end of this play? As you watch, because you've got, somebody's got to mark this forward progress. So hopefully somebody's come, if it's somebody coming from this way to mark it, they should be looking at this. They should be viewing on the dead ball. Well, it's not dead ball yet, but like what's going to be a dead ball action and pick up on this. Now, I will say if you're in this position right here, whether you're, like I said, whether you're the referee or line judge or whatever, you might not see this contact right there. You might not know that this was a target where, or, you know, where the player is using or you want to call it a spear or whatever in high school, the player is using the crown of his helmet. You might not see it. You might be looking from behind. But if you've got an official over here, whoever that might be, hopefully they're going to get a view at it because they're going to see the head snap back. Even the official across the top that they've put there, there's a little bit of traffic, but hopefully they're taking an eye or taking a look at this. I don't know if, if this official or this official, if there's a referee in the middle, maybe because it's the only thing that's going on. The point being is that someone needs to, to get this and we need to somehow make sure that our mechanics are such, even when we're, we're spread out in a different way of you know, doing things a little bit different than we normally do, we need to make sure that we lock in and focus on what we need to focus on because we can, if we miss something like this. I'm gonna show a similar play, I'm gonna pull up pull up another play here that's very, oops, sorry about that. I'm going to pull up another play that's very similar. And uh, let me get that play up here real quick. Give me one second. All right. I'm going to go wide on this play too. So very similar play. You'll see, I believe this was an interception. So you see a player right here. They've got the ball. Now there's going to be a player coming across the top here. This player right here. I mean, he's running full speed, and I'm going to back it up so you can look at it again. He's running full speed. So here you go. Boom. I'll play it again. Here it is. Boom. And you're going to see it in slow motion now, a little bit closer. Boom. Okay. And I don't believe there was a foul on this. Once again, I, it might have been a kickoff. It could have been. Actually, I think it was a kickoff. Um, it's kind of the same thing. We're spread out. You can see this is a crew of seven. There's an official there, and there's an official there. So in the end, even, a, even it was an interception, 
Now I'm gonna, I think you know I think it was an interception. Now these guys, he's looking at something he's not used to in a direction, and he's looking at something that he's not used to. But it's still important that we have to now focus in on our point of attack. This guy's coming. I mean, this guy's reckless abandon. This should get everybody's attention on the field, and somebody should have a look at this and at least have an opinion on it. I mean, because it looks like, I mean, like I said, target or you want to call this a spear or, I mean, it's definitely a legal helmet contact without question. Very similar to the, the previous play that we had. So I want to ask a question to, to everybody out there. This is important, and I'm going to have Robert do the test, uh, check the text. I'm going to go to Mike first since Mike is here. Mike, you see a play like this, or the two plays like this, okay? Do, 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 <laughs> Do those plays, that's why I call it tough calls, would those two hits in your mind elevate to a flagrant type of contact, meaning that the player intended to do harm or injure by using the helmet as a weapon in order to elevate that to a flagrant foul in high school that then would require a DQ, either one or both or none? Uh, I mean, I think I think both of them are on the edge. I mean, in the one case, the first one, the runner is being held up by multiple teammates, and then another guy comes in, you know, probably unnecessarily. So essentially, I might have that as a personal foul for two reasons, which in my mind would elevate it. Um, the second case, he's coming at so much speed, and um, the way that he he hits and the way that he falls down to the ground himself, um, it's just the resolution isn't good enough. Um, for me to, to make clear identification of whether he used the crown of his helmet or not. But there's a reason why it's an automatic disqualification at the next level. Um, it's really dangerous to the safety of the players. And, I, you know, I don't think anybody would argue if either of those were ruled flagrant. Okay. Robert, um, you you can give me your personal opinion on it. Is, does people out there in, in Texas, you know, and I should probably – Put up the text. I haven't put the text up in a while. So if you don't have the text number, there it is. So you can and you can let Robert know. What are people out there saying, Robert? You know, they're actually just now coming in, Tim. So if you want to give me another twenty seconds, I can see how they're responding. Okay, but, I'll uh, give you another. Yes. I'll give you another twenty. I'm going to go I, back. I'm I say back. something about mechanics. Well, go ahead. Go just ahead. just quickly, um, I on the both the kickoff play and the uh, and the interception return. It's really important on runs close to the sideline that the covering official is able to focus on the action on the runner or by the runner just because of hits like this. And if you have action that's even within three or four yards of the runner, I don't expect the covering official to see that. I expect the referee, the back judge, maybe the umpire, somebody who's working inside out uh, or backside or front side needs to be able to see that action. No, I don't. That's why I wanted to point it out about who's looking at what. And when we get in different positions than we're normally looking, we're looking at different angles and different points of view on a play like this. But it still doesn't mean we. That's it, not an excuse. We still have to cover and see this type of action when it when it does um, when it does present itself. Robert, you know, are we good now? Yeah, we definitely have uh, members that are chiming in, and and I'm sad to say that. Uh, Everyone does have a flagrant foul on the second contact hit. And the reason for that is because the tackler is coming down like a missile. I think we can all agree on that. He is certainly flying down the field in a high velocity speed, and he's not looking at what he's hitting. So if we can agree to those two things, would we all agree that that's a dangerous contact in, in and I would I would hope that we all say yes so everyone who's responded has deemed the second play as being a flagrant uh foul and and and, I, and, and you know what if we came together as a crew on the field to that consensus because because you know it was not just one official determining that but it was unanimous those who witnessed it then yeah then that player just disqualified themselves for the safety of that player there were a couple of members, and thank you, MIBT members, for saying this. That player who initiated the contact with not seeing who he was contacting because his head was down is going to break his neck. He will not be playing football anymore, let alone the victim who was the runner. 
But uh, those are the takeaways, Tim. And on the first play, if, if you want to comment on that second play first, then we can re- yield to the sec to the to the original play. Well, too. no, go ahead with the second play too, and we'll go back to him real quick, and I'll and I'll walk through it. Go ahead. All right, just just for clarity, the viewers were commenting on the second play, and that was that violent hit by that runner coming right. down full speed. Oh, I'm sorry. Go yeah, Go to the first target. play. Okay. The first play. So the first play when the when the runner was being held up, and then a, a another player came in and. Uh, and then made contact that contact was deemed as a personal foul not a flagrant foul by our viewers in in such a manner where we would foul it we would flag it uh for personal foul and that would be unnecessary roughness in fact you could claim that as a defenseless player because if a player is wrapped up then that player even though they're a ball carrier is determined to be defenseless if, if, if they're not progressing and i think we could define that to be the case in that first play example okay um that's interesting. Let's go back. To, uh, so we, it seemed like we had a pretty unanimous on the second play. So we're going to go back to the yep. first play. I'm going to pull up the first play. I can't really zoom in on it right now, but it's funny because I, my own personal opinion, I think they're extremely similar because here's our, here is our culprit right there. Here's the guy coming in, and here you go. Is he, you have to, same scenario. You have the same, is he looking at what he's hitting? And I don't know if you can see that right there. His head is pointed to the ground. His face, his face mask is looking down. He is not. He does not see what he is hitting. So you know what, that... Tim, Tim? I'm only going to comment. There's a mass of humanity in that particular play example. So personally, and the viewers may have may have gave the benefit of the doubt in that one example. But likewise, like you said, if he's not seeing what he's hitting. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that's that's not uh, safety for anyone. So, but you had more players involved in that first example. The second example, you just had the runner, and then and then you had a gunner, uh, so that was easier to see in that that situation. Okay, so I can understand how some people might be like, well, the first one, I everybody in God and country can see it, what he was doing. He came running out and blah 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 blah. So we we, we feel a little bit better about going with the DQ. But on this one, we can get away with it. But I'm just saying, do we get away with it? It's the same type of contact. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I, I'm just saying, and this is why this is the tough calls section. Yeah. Because when you elevate it, and that's what I was going to get to, when you elevate it to this flagrant, okay, yeah. I don't have a problem with the viewers saying that the first one they would, because of all the reasons. If I saw this, I would really be thinking DQ because I'm looking at, was the player using their helmet, you know, as a weapon. And it's, it's like, okay, can I get away with it? Maybe would I go talk to, would I ask another official on the field that they saw it before I went that route because I want to be a hundred percent sure because DQs have repercussions and that's really the ultimate point of this whole exercise. And we're going we're gonna to go to the end of our meeting here when we're done. But the ultimate thing is we have to make sure that we have good reasoning. We're 100% and we can, we can base it off of the action that we see. We know it. We're good with it. I'm good with this. We got DQ. And then when you write the report, you can write the facts that you saw and you hope that it's supported by film. But it should be. Because MIBT, I'm not calling this a flagrant foul unless I absolutely saw it and know exactly what happened. Robert, I saw your hand in the air. Yeah, I, I had my hand up because this is very important. We, you know, we need to be a thousand percent certain when we disqualify a player. Just as a back judge, looking at it on that one where you had more players involved, it was there was more of a pileup situation. Am I easily able to identify a player number? No, I really, I have to work really hard to find that player number and I need to be a thousand percent certain. And likewise, so does my crewmates need to be a thousand percent certain because we don't want to, we don't want to have a disqualified player and then, and then have the number incorrect. My goodness, shame on us as officials. So we need to err on that, on that, on that other play, which we had more of a unanimous decision of it being a flagrant targeting foul. That one was more open in space. That was more easily identifiable to which player number committed that foul. 
in in Seoul as a as a membership and as a viewers, I I I respect you know their arguments and their positioning on this really well, Tim, because it is harder. It's, it is more difficult. Yeah, are they the, are they equally as harmful? Absolutely, but are they as equally identifiable based on your position on the field? Maybe not as much. So we'll just uh, that I'll end with that. You know what? I think that's a great point because you're saying about knowing the number and being 100% sure, making it be there. Because if you catch us at the back, you don't get it 100%, you don't see it from the side, you, you see the contact and you know it's a foul, but you're not, you don't know the exact number. Yeah, you're gonna definitely pass because you don't wanna say it's number 33 when it was number 82. Like you don't, that's worse almost. So I agree with that 100%. Um, Mike, I'll give you the last word on this if you got anything. Oh, no, just that uh, I think the game demands that we keep the players safe. That should be our first priority is safety to players so that everybody can enjoy the game. Well, no, I don't disagree with that. Safety, you know, we call safety fouls, and that's that's what we're, you know, you're not going to be known. You know, Bill Lamontia has talked about it many times. You're not going to be known for calling false starts, you know, but if you if you got to get these big ones. The, I think the bottom line is is that we should have had a foul on both on both of them. Regardless, you should you should have a foul because those were definitely definitely uh, uh, fouls. So, all right. So let's uh, let's go. That was our tough plays. I had a couple more, but we're running out of time. So I want to go to our play of the week from last week. Okay. So let's just let's just run through it real quick. It was third and five. We did this. We put it out on Twitter as well. It was third and five from the A15. Quarterback drops back. And the offense sets up for a screen to the right. Quarterback is about to get tackled inside the lateral limits of the free blocking zone and throws the pass towards running back, towards the running back with the lineman downfield at the A17. The running back attempts to make the catch, but he misses it completely with the ball landing at the A19. So I asked, what was the ruling? 80% of the people, or 88% of the people on Twitter got this correct now i will say this my my uh office manager who happens to be my wife said i needed to throw some easier questions at you well this one people knocked out of the park but we're gonna walk through it here real quick let me get let me get out of this uh and go back to the board you know guys i got this new board and it's just you know i gotta use it it's a lot of fun to use this board so let me go back to the board which kind of walks walks us through this play so it's loading, give it a second. All right, so here we go. Let me do this. All right, I'm gonna go wide, you'll see it. I'll pull this down just for now. All right, so there's the play. You can see it's third and five. So at the A15, right? We go down to, see, here's, the, here's our goal line over here. So the quarterback throws the ball, completely missed. Our running back is right here, and our linemen are blocking downfield. Uh-oh, but wait a minute. They're blocking two yards downfield. So as you know, out there in TV land, that the offense gets the expanded neutral zone up to two yards. So they're blocking downfield the two yards. That's completely legal. Even though the quarterback was still in the lateral limits of the free blocking zone, he was throwing to an eligible receiver, and it doesn't matter that that receiver missed the ball because he was obviously a receiver in the area, and it doesn't matter that it went completely over his head when he tried to miss it and landed X amount of yards downfield. This is a completely legal play. The correct ruling is it's fourth and five. Ball is incomplete. Clock starts on the snap. That's the correct ruling. 88% of the people got it right, so it really wasn't that tricky. But good job, everybody out there, for doing it. But that's how we... That's how we walk through that one. So uh, let's go to our play of the week for this week, though. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult, I'm, I'm hoping. But that's okay because it just makes us better. All right, let me, uh, let me get that up here so everybody can see it. Give me one second. And then, uh, then we'll cut you loose. We don't like to keep you guys for an hour because, you know, we got games this week and people are out and we got family. Everybody's got to go watch the last episode of Better Call Saul. I mean, it was the last thing. It was last night, but you got to go watch it. So we're doing, we don't keep you very long. All right, here we go. 
So the play of the week for this week. All right, running back has the ball at the B5, about to score. Just then, the defensive back, or defensive back bats the ball forward from behind out of the running back's hands where the ball rolls into the end zone. The running back recovers the ball in the end zone with his forearm touching the end line. So what is the ruling? Running back has the ball, the defense comes up from behind, forces the ball out from behind, ball rolls in the end zone, running back goes to, goes to get it. He gets it in the end zone, but his forearm is touching the end line. So what is our ruling? That is our play of the week for this week. We're going to put it out on Twitter. You can email me. You can text. You can do all that fun stuff. I'll even throw the text line back up there just so you have it. All right, so that's, uh, that's our meeting for this week. But before we, uh, we run around, I want to say Mike jumped in late. But, hey, Mike, thanks so much for being here. I mean, seriously, really appreciate you getting here uh, for, for the little time that you were. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. And our scrimmage season is just starting up here. We don't have we don't have games until September, but um, I got my first one next Wednesday, so I'll be coming to the meeting right after my first uh, snaps. Sweet. Well, good luck to good luck to that. And uh, you guys go a lot longer, so you know, lucky you. We we everything stops here. So Robert, I'm going to come to you now. Robert, 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 Robert. I don't want to surprise him. All right, there he is, Robert. All right. So Robert. Thanks for being here. Do we got any last questions or anything that we need to clear up before we call it a night? No, no. But I, you know what? I, I do want to throw out a question to our viewers, and that is, hey, do you guys like the board or do you want to see more plays? Uh, Tim, I, we, we got some interaction tonight and uh, some case place questions and whatnot. But I'm just kind of curious on what our, what our members are wanting. Uh, would well, you agree with that, Tim? To see, I'm see trying to like do – we kind of got in the woods a little bit because that was a little bit more of a – Detailed explanation on fourth, so I'm not. I'm only trying to use the board really for the play of the week. But you, you know, we, it's hard to it's hard to illustrate fourth place. Actually, yeah. I do have. I mean, the goal is to kind of use that for the plays of the week, really, not for unless we've got a specific example like we had to where I have to do, draw stuff and we have case plays where we have to walk out. Yeah. But but normally, um, I mean, I think it was fun. I was I'm glad people threw out case plays. I'd be more than happy to do that. Too. So yeah, you can let us know. But yeah, we, we should have. We're gonna have more videos. It was just we kind of got a little into the woods there because that's a tough, that's a tough topic to uh, to discuss. Force it can get very confusing. But uh, but that's a great point. Yeah, and, and to that point, members, since you're watching and listening, you know we we do want to meet your needs and uh, satisfy your thirst. So if there are certain plays or certain ways you want us to to deliver we're more than willing to accommodate you because obviously we want to make sure that you're learning the way you want to be taught and we all engage in it in a way that we all want to be engaged in it. So with that being said, um, send us some feedback, send us a text message, what your preferences are, what you like to see from us. Tim, you would agree. We'll make sure that uh, we deliver on our promise, right? Yes. Send us your play. If you want to, if you, if you have something that happens in one of your games, you want us to break it down, send it in. We love to. We love plays. We love, we love seeing video and uh, really appreciate it. So I want to thank everybody who uh, adjusted to the new time. Thank you very much. Like I said, 730, we'll be back here next Wednesday talking some more football. Until then, I'm Tim Kiefer from MIBTOnline.com. Have a great week, everybody. Good luck out there. We'll catch you next time.